you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Confidence. It can be really sexy, right? So how about confidence when it comes to your money? What do you picture when you think of someone who is confident with their money? Do you want to be that? I can't imagine that you wouldn't. Although our guest today is a cis Latina, she is helping people in our community to develop just that. Let's welcome to the show Jen Hemphill, the host of the Her Money Matters podcast. Before we jump into the show, though, we just want to remind you that the show today is being brought to you by the Debt Free Guys 7-Day Debt Freedom Challenge, available on DebtFreeGuys.com. Now let's get on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Welcome to the show, Jen Hemphill. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Would you mind sharing with the listeners a little little bit about who you are and what your background is? Sure. Well, I am a military spouse. I am a mother of two boys. I'm also what I, I call myself a money confidence coach. I am a accredited financial counselor that is not a financial planner. <laughs> I basically help you in your finances, but not to give you investment advice. And I also host the Her Money Matters podcast and I'm on the author of a new book called Her Money Matters. That, awesome. that is awesome. Congratulations. That's not an easy feat to accomplish, yes. David, and I know oh. all too well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's been an incredible journey, but yeah. no regrets. I mean, it was tough. There were some tears shed, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We understand that for sure. Yeah. So what I'll is just, the money? I was just going to say, oh, and, and Jen and I shared a stage at the... FinCon. FinCon conference in 2017, where we had a fun and boisterous conversation about (laughs) love and money. money. Yes, exactly. That was a great, great conversation with a couple of other financial geeks. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a lot of conversation. But what was interesting, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. I think it was like one of the first panels, right? (laughs) Right. But it still was pretty boisterous and, and a full room because Talk about love and money. People are like, oh, I want to. Yeah, we had a full room and no donuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it was interesting because this was a new type of breakout session because it's usually FinCon is all about blogging, how to make your blog better, the SEO and the affiliates and all that stuff. So I was really happy to see this new breakout that they were doing last year. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great conversation because I think it's a struggle for lots of couples because very often either only one of them, very often neither of them is good with money. (laughs) And so like trying to get people on the same page to talk about money and how they can actually work together and succeed together. It was, it was great. It was a great discussion. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. It was fun. It was definitely had a great panel. (laughs) Absolutely. And so what I was going to ask you initially is what is a money, I know what a money coach is. I don't know what a money confidence coach is. I'm going to tell you a secret. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) So I came up with that title. And the reason why I came out with a title is twofold. One, when I say accredited financial counselor, people's just like eyes glaze over like, what is that? Are you a financial planner? And I'm like, no. So I always have to say, no, I'm not a financial planner. You know, all that spiel. 
But two, in talking to my community, the one theme that came over and over, a recurring theme that came that in terms of what I helped, yes, I helped them budget. Yes, I helped them get out of debt. I helped them manage their finances better. But one recurring thing that came over when they say, you have helped me build up my financial confidence. So I'm like, there we go. So I don't have to say accredited financial counselor all the time, just in like writing terms, right? Mm -hmm. But I decided that instead of a money coach, because that's definitely used a lot, that I was my, the difference that I bring to my community is the confidence piece. Because like I said, I help with budgeting, all those practical things, but I really have a more a holistic approach in my coaching. So I felt that encompassed that. Right. Gotcha. So what does it mean exactly to have confidence with your money? That's a great question. So really in terms, when we think confidence, we can be confident in different areas of our life, but where we're lacking, a lot of people are lacking is money confidence. So really money confidence is when you're feeling, obviously when you're feeling great about your money, but really it's important to have because it's going to get you through those tough moments in life, right? So just because you're a good budgeter or not necessarily a good budgeter, just because you have a great budget, that's not necessarily going to get you through the tough moments in life. But if you're feeling confident about your budget, about what you're doing, about the actions that you're taking, when that, because life happens, right? right. <laughs> all the time. It literally just happened to me recently. And, but that money confident is that's what is going to help you get through those tough moments. So would you say that then money confidence is synonymous with financial security? It's not necessarily synonymous because you can be, it can be like you can be financially confident and also financially secure. That's a great question. I, I think it can be, but it doesn't have to be because with confidence, it helps you get through the journey, right? We're always on this journey to get better with our finances and we can be improving our confidence as we go through the journey, right? So, but we might not be completely financially secure, but we are on our way there. And that confidence that we have, even when we, we might not be at that point, is going to help us continue to step forward to reach that. Gotcha. So it, it sounds to me like that the confidence is the first step in becoming secure financially because you have that belief in yourself that you can get mm -hmm. to a secure place financially, even though you may not be there right now. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what's great about that is we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are struggling with debt and they're financially insecure, they're struggling with debt and they lack confidence in their finances altogether. But what you're able to provide them is not necessarily the financial security immediately and not help them pay off their debt immediately. You're helping them create a plan and a strategy so that when they're done working with you, they can say, I'm confident that I'm heading towards my goal exactly. of paying off my debt and becoming financially secure. Absolutely. And that's, that's exactly right. That alone is hugely empowering, especially for our community, because most of the people who listen to this podcast are insecure in general. I mean, many of us mm -hmm. have come from times and places where being LGBT isn't okay or safe, even today. And sometimes that is manifested in how we spend our money. We're either you know, trying to make up for lost time, trying to make up for current feelings of inadequacy or current pains. And we do that with a number of things. And one of them is, is overspending or not spending smartly. Right. Yeah. So how with that, how could a money confidence coach help the LGBT community? Really to identify where their areas or strengths are 
and their areas of weaknesses, right? So in day in and day out, when I help the my clients and the potential clients, what I see is the focus on what they are doing wrong versus what they are doing right. And I think that's just humanity in general, right? We have, you know, especially in the, the times that we live, it's always chaotic. There's always something to do. There's not, you know, I f- wish I lived in Europe where it feels like it's more <laughs> calm, right? People like go vacationing for months at a time. But here in the US, it's not that way. It's just chaotic. So we have these lists a mile long, we check them off, and then we, we move on. But we don't take a moment to acknowledge, we don't take a moment to celebrate the things that we did. And the same things go with money. We focus on the mistakes that we make and we just beat ourselves up on that versus uh, really acknowledging the great things, your skills, your strengths. And that's where I come in because I think that's important, right? That this money confidence doesn't discriminate in any of the groups, right? It's it is what it is. And like I mentioned earlier, you can be confident in some areas of your life, but in other areas like money, you may not be that confident in. And it really, it also ties back to your upbringings, right? I know you you mentioned with the LGBT community, you, you've had challenges, right, of lack of acceptance in all these things. So that plays a role in really affecting what our money story is, all aspects of our life, really. But it also, which in turn affects how we think about money and the decisions that we make about money. So it's important to really reflect and understand our upbringing uh, in terms of money, right? What we heard, what we saw, what we experienced to be able to understand our feelings, our emotions, and why we like overspend or go on those type of things. I also oftentimes I think of the word confidence, money confidence makes me think about our ability to earn. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of individuals in our community, I think, especially transgender, transgender women of color who are at the lower end of the earning spectrum. Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes comes with the the societal pressures that they're not worth their intellectual value because they are someone different. But having confidence in who you are and your intellectual value, your the ability to do a job or the ability to create something that is valuable for society in general, the more confidence you have, the more ability you're going to be able to sell yourself or sell your product or service that can help you then overcome some of your other maybe financial areas where you're lacking confidence. Yes. And you can't see me. I'm shaking my head up and down and just (laughs) nodding in agreement because I spoke, I did a video about this with the wage gap and equality day and really all about how Bringing a voice to those issues is great, right? We need to bring the voice. We need to bring light that those things are unfair. They're they're not right. But that's just a part. Bringing the voice is a part to advocating for that. The other part is that in the inner work that we need to do with ourselves to really, again, like you mentioned, and you nailed it. And because that's exactly how I feel. I strongly feel that the voice, the voicing is not enough. That if we do that inner work and we have that financial confidence, we have our ducks in a row with our finances, we are better advocates in our communities with what we're fighting for. 
Right. Exactly. Absolutely. I I completely agree with you. Uh, Just from a personal experience, I'll I'll share with you all that there have been times when John and I have, I would say, maybe felt a little insecure and at the same time been attacked on social media that what we Mm -hmm. should be doing has been what we should provide is we should do this for free. And there have been, has been some insecurity with that, that we should be just giving this all for free to our community. But at the same time, if we give it for free, we're not going to be able to do it for very long. Mm-hmm. And then we can help, we can't help very many people if we can't do it for very long. So if we have confidence in ourselves, we have confidence in our value. And if we have confidence in our value, we can help more people. Mm-hmm. And that Absolutely. goes that goes for whether it's your work is in helping people financially, you're helping people with advocacy for our community, or you're helping people with a product or service that you have, you have to have that confidence. Right. And then the other piece, I think, is you're setting the example, right? And you're setting the example and the tone for your community because you all have a fantastic platform, but you yourselves can't do it alone, right? So you set that example for your community for others to step up and do similar. So I think that's the other piece as well. Yeah. What you're you're saying there ties into part of our message and we're trying to get more LGBT people into positions of leadership within the business world, not just politics, Mm -hmm. but we need more LGBT people in leadership positions in business because David and I and and some in our community believe that's where real effective change happens. We were just part of a a panel discussion today at a, at a, a big financial services firm, and it was just empowering to hear these leaders talk about how LGBT people can really affect change, not only within that particular organization, but in our community in general. And it's 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 almost like it's our responsibility, especially those of us who ha- already have the confidence um, to mm-hmm. strive for those p- positions of leadership so we can affect the change so that all of us can rise together. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, that's a great message. So how can we spend more intentionally, I would say? Well, to spend, spending intentionally really has uh, several layers. One, it, with when we spend intentionally, we need to be clear on our values. Does our spending align with these values that we identified are important to us, right? Uh, number two, what are our current financial priorities and goals? So that spending intentionally lead, you know, leads into that, that you, you need to be spending towards those financial priorities, those financial goals. And then I also think that you have to leave room for those guilty pleasures, if you will. And guilty, I say, because we feel guilt, but we shouldn't when it's something important to us or there's something there, you know, whether I know you all like wine and cheese, right? <laughs> Where did I don't you get know that idea? <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here with a glass of wine. <laughs> I've seen the Instagram. I don't know how, you know, if, if you do this daily, but, you know, what I'm saying here is that I think you also, with spending intentionally, you're able to identify those guilty pleasures and define why they're important to you and make room for them in your budget. Because we focus so much on, oh, we can't, I don't know, the latte factor, you're, you know, spending, I love coffee, I guess that's why I'm bringing that up. But if you make room for that in your budget, you shouldn't have to feel guilty about it, right? It's not interfering with your cash flow. It's not interfering with your other expenses that you have to pay. So I definitely think you have to be clear on your values. Does the spending align with these values that you deemed important? Uh, what are, you know, identify what your current financial priorities and goals and, and make sure, you know, 
when you're spending intentionally, it goes through that. And I think it's important to identify those guilty pleasures, define why they're important to you and, and make room for them. Yeah, I completely agree with you that we have to, I've always said to John, we have to have fun in life because if mm. we don't, we won't continue doing the things that we want to do. And I, I make that reference specifically to the time period when we were paying off debt. If we didn't enjoy life while we were paying off debt, we wouldn't have paid our debt off. But what was important is that we decided what was valuable to us, what made us happy. And we said, how can we condense our spending down to those few things and the things that temporary happiness, those weren't the things that we really wanted to spend our money on. And I I think especially for our community, there's so many opportunities for us to spend where we are building up the confidence in our own community or we're building or rewarding the companies that are supporting our community. Whereas mm -hmm. there are lots of companies out there that we may unintentionally be supporting that are going directly in opposition to, to what our community wants and needs. Right. And it's important, definitely important to be to be aware of that. And that's something that I'm working more to do, because sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, but you have to, you know, pick up and take it up a notch. And, and it's up to you to really take a look at that. What are what do they support? You know, what what where do your, their donations go? Right. Because that money makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Of course, absolutely yeah. does. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I just I have to bring this up. John and I have recently had a conversation with a fund mutual fund manager, actually a, a exchange trade fund manager. And we were talking about funds and various companies and some of the companies that were invested in as a kind of an overarching investing in the market in general, some of those companies do not have policies that are anti-discriminatory. They support mm -hmm. firing somebody because of their gender identity or sexual orientation, or they f support firing somebody because they don't fit a particular mold. Why would we ever want to invest in a company like that? This right. The exact same thing goes with our spending. Whether it's investing or spending, we want to make sure it, like you said, it aligns with our values. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that David and I learned through our journey of, of paying off our debt was that there was decades <laughs> of, of us spending not in accordance with our own values. We were living up to everyone else's expectations. We want to make sure we were a part of the in crowd. We wanted to make sure that everybody you know, liked us, that we were, they were part of the cool kids. And then when we took a step back, we realized, well, yes, we'd love our friends and stuff, but we weren't necessarily loving the things that we were doing with them. We were spending according to their values and not our own. And when we were able to get our spending in line with what was important to us, that helped us pay off our debt. And now that we're even more conscious about our spending, now we're able to take it to a more granular level to say, okay, well, I'm not going to spend my money with that company because I know that they're actively against me and my community. Um, mm -hmm. I would rather spend with this other company that I know is supportive of my community and in many cases making efforts internally and externally to advocate for our community. Absolutely. And I think that confidence plays a role in that because confidence comes from a place of experience and a place of mm -hmm. knowledge. And the more knowledge we have and the more experience we have, then the more confidence we're going to have when it comes to our spending habits or our investing habits or where we put our attention and our values. Right. Absolutely. Confidence has has so many, it has such an impact in so many areas of our life, yet we don't necessarily pay attention to it, I think, enough, right? <laughs> 
Right. Right. So I'm listening to this podcast and I'm hearing all this great information about spending consciously and, 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 and trying to acquire confidence in my spending. What are the, the first initial steps to start acquiring that confidence, would you suggest? One would be an instant boost in confidence would be to celebrate money wins. I am big on celebrating money wins. It doesn't matter how big or how small. And keeping a cheat sheet, or I don't know if you want to a running tap of these money wins is important because sometimes you feel down. Sometimes maybe you feel you're beating yourself up for a mistake that you made, but you can go to this list of money wins and it's an instant boost. So that's one thing. The second thing that you can do to increase your financial confidence is something that we don't do enough of or that we fear is talking money. And I think that one of the big reasons we fear talking money is one, it's taboo, but two, we feel, well, we have this and we envision talking money in terms of the latest stock trends or <laughs> these, you know, those type of things that or we talk about or we have to talk about our debt and maybe we're feeling a lot of shame around our debt or those type of things. But really money conversations, talking money doesn't have to be about that. It can be simply sharing about your money journey. It can be t- uh, talking about your money story, like how you grew up around money, what you saw, what you experienced. It can also be literally sharing a a latest tip that you implemented that's working fabulously. So it's really important to, I think talking money is huge, but it's really, it doesn't have to, I think people mistaken it to be, like I mentioned, talking about their debt, you know, that they, they're really in dire straits, that they're not making ends meet, but it doesn't have to be about that. And the third thing that I would say to increase financial confidence is really to surround yourself with people that have that financial confidence that you can see it coming out of their pores that you want to reach, right? Because there's that saying where you you are the five people that you're surrounded the most with, the same with financial confidence. If you surround yourself with people that are not feeling so good about their money, it's going to emit to you. So it's really, really important to find those people, surround and it doesn't have to be physically like they don't have to be right in front of you. It could be as listening to your podcast, right? That's surrounding yourself with those people because you're surrounding that positivity. You're surrounding that knowledge. You're surrounding those things. So those are three things that you can do to really increase your financial confidence. Yeah, I, I will 100% agree with you. You know, one of the things that John and I have noticed especially during our journey of paying off our debt and even afterwards, is that no one in our community, our LGBT community in Denver, and even in the media, LGBT media, no one is talking about money with the exception of how fabulously we can spend it. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And, And one of the things you just mentioned was celebrating those small wins it's amazing to me. I will call on a couple of communities, mommy bloggers or or mothers in general, African American women in general, and then I'm going to call out Christians. They seem to celebrate their financial wins. They talk to each other about how they're saving money with this particular product or this particular strategy. They talk about how they're building their financial lives and they celebrate those things and it builds that confidence. And that's one of the main reasons why John and I continue with this podcast and our website is because our community needs to start celebrating those kinds of things. Everyone knows, everyone knows how to spend fabulously. 
Everyone can do that. You can go out and blow all the money in the world that you have, and the credit card companies will lend you, and the banks will lend you. Anybody can do that. But the true wins, the true confidence comes from understanding how to use that money wisely so that it makes your life better, not just feels better. I love that. I love how you so, so eloquently put all that. And I think it's also important to know that we just don't have those examples. Like you mentioned, like in the media, uh, when we hear stories about money, we hear someone went bankrupt or someone won the lottery or, oh my good, or, or the good stories too. Someone paid off this amount of debt, this amount of time, but we don't hear those other stories, you know, and we have to have more examples. And I think that's what, what we're lacking and why we're also not talking money, why we're not celebrating money wins, because we don't see that enough. And this is the reason for why we do what we do, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think the general population struggles talking about money, but I think the LGBT community struggles even more so because I think if you're not the Mitch and Cam of your community, mm. you inherently feel like you're inferior, you're inadequate, and you don't expose that. Nobody in the mm. LGBT community wants to go to the club and say, you know, I can't really afford that belt. I can't really afford those jeans. We'll do whatever we can to make sure that we get that stuff so that we can have that showy display of means. But we don't really have the bank account that, that can support that. And we don't want to expose that. You know, it was interesting today, we went to a meeting and this is partially my own judgment, but we helped out a guy who had a, a beat up Honda, looked like it was kind of falling apart. It was dressed pretty average, pretty, pretty decent, like an average Joe on the street. You probably wouldn't have, have taken a second look, but not judged him either. But he had super nice shoes on. And David made the comment that, that he liked his shoes. And he proceeded to tell us that they were $400, $500 shoes and that they're super expensive. And I thought to myself, Maybe that's where he likes to spend his money, and that's fine, and that, that's the most important thing to him. But it kind of made me wonder of his financial security in general, and mm. was he spending all his money in these shoes, or and sacrificing his financial security, or was he secure enough that he could actually afford those shoes. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I agree. It's definitely there's that need for more leaders, like you mentioned earlier, mm. because you all, you all are doing fantastic, but you need, you know, you need help. You need others, uh, other definitely. voices. <laughs> and actually, I was just thinking through because I'm like, I met a lady at one of the conferences that I go to for the lovely AFC de uh, designation. And I don't know if she, I know that she wanted that to be her focus, the LGBT community. And honestly, I have her information. So I'll have to look for it to connect you all because yeah, that's important. Absolutely. And there, and there might, there might be people that want to, right. But maybe they're just needing a push or they're needing like, maybe they don't know about you. Right. And, or, or whatever the case may be. So it's just that there's definitely work to do. But it can be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that to me, the secret ingredient is, and it was what's worked for David and me, is just being conscious about your spending. What is important to you with your spending and not spending up to everybody else's expectations, but spending according to your own and, mm -hmm. you know, having, being able to sort of distilled down what was most important to us, one of them being wine. <laughs> Distilling what was most you important to us. <laughs> and then we had the residual, the extra money to put towards our financial security. Initially, it was paying off debt. And then after that, it was saving for retirement and putting it towards other, other life goals. So it's kind of figuring out what's most important to you and, and spending according to your values. So would mm -hmm. you say that's what you mean by spending to help build confidence? Yes. Absolutely. Because you have a clarity of your financial picture, right? You have a sense of purpose. 
that helps build that confidence. You know that your that money is accounted for because you've done the homework, right? And, and and it really helps you really all in all. It helps you. It serves in living that fulfilled life, what you deem that is, right? So I definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, you have, the goal is to, to live your fulfilled life, not someone mm-hmm. else's fulfilled life. Exactly. And yeah. what that means, right? right? So, and I think maybe more, and I'm sure you all do this, but just more conversations around that can be had in terms of what that means. And, and maybe light bulb, you know, little by little light bulbs will go on in terms of like, okay, this is actually more important to me, not what they deem are the expectation. And I don't know if the expectation is the right word, but I think you understand where, what I'm getting at. Yeah, exactly. So are there any exercises that you would recommend to figure out what is important to you? I think just literally, well, one, one exercise is to see is go through your, your bank statements, credit card statements, and see where your spending is. So and then go, you know, line by line item is this important to me, what kind of themes are what are the underlying themes and that spending? And are you seeing a lot of going out to eat? And if so, once you see those recurring themes, ask yourself, why is the spending happening here? Right? And then from there, you can you can really understand, have more clarity as to is this important or if not, why did this happen? Right. So it's always that why question is such a powerful one mm-hmm. because it really brings a lot more clarity. So I think just starting with the bank statement to see where that spending is going, finding those recurring themes, and then from there asking, okay, why is this? You know, why is this spending happening in this area? Is this important to me? If it is, why? And if it's not, why is, is this spending happening? Right. I love what you're saying. I, I love when we, we talk with another money professional and we pretty much have the same strategy or, th- or theories. <laughs> the first exercise that David and I did that helped us pay off our $51,000 worth of credit card debt was David went through 12 months worth of our spending. Every, he grabbed every account statement we had, bank account, checking account, credit cards, everything. And he itemized everything into several categories. And it just surprised the hell out of us how we were spending our money. I mean, there were months where we were, or weeks where we were spending $400 at the grocery store for food. At the same time, we spent $400 at restaurants dining out. So mm-hmm. $800 worth of food. I, and I don't recall wasting a lot of it. So I don't know where it all went. And we weren't overweight at the time. So I, it's just, it kind of helped us see where our spending was. And it, it made it glaringly obvious where we needed to adjust and where we were spending that weren't necessarily in, in line with what our values were. So what you're saying there is, is pretty much what we tell everybody to do as, a, as, a, as one of their first steps is we have a spending analysis tool that you can get available uh, get at uh, debtfreeguys.com that helps you itemize all of your expenses and sort of do that analysis that you're, that you're saying. And you might notice that there are ways that you're spending that you're happy with and you want to continue that. But you also notice that there are ways that you're spending that aren't in line with your values, that aren't helping you reach your goals. And you, you can at least have that honest moment to say, okay, I need to dial this back so I can spend in accordance with what what's important to me. Right. And what I would add it, add on if in, in the duration of time, if that's not necessarily is not getting better or it's not progressing like maybe you deem it should be, I would start on a weekly basis just going through kind of check in with your mind, like what happened and, and not check in with your mind, but writing it down. I think there's the power of pen to paper and really, okay, what happened this week? What kind of thoughts came into my mind? Like, you know, about financially, did I feel like I cannot afford this. What happened in our in our life this week? Was there a lot of stress? Because 
we can make a lot of spending decisions on emotion, right? And sometimes they're not the best ones. A funny one that I did recently, I was it was a long day and I was trying to find a quick fix for dinner. I went to the grocery store and I saw, again, this is because I was hungry. I was run down and I'm like, I need like a quick fix for dinner. And so my boys and my husband like sweet potatoes and there was a bag of sweet potatoes and it said it was like microwavable or steamable or something like that. And I'm like, that for me, instantly that was quick, but I bought it. And then later on, I realized I'm like, you can take any sweet potato and just put it in the microwave, right? <laughs> so they got me, right? But it was just on emotion, on being tired. And so it, you have to check into what it was going on in your life at that time. And I also, and it doesn't have to be on a weekly basis, but I think you can also check on your financial confidence. Like if you rate it from a scale to one to 10 and seeing where am I at this week, one being not confident at all and 10, that kind of helps you gauge. And then from there you can figure out, okay, why is this happening? And, and really take a look at what's going on in your life because that's, it has a huge effect. I mean, I bought sweet potatoes in a bag where I could literally just put the sweet potatoes <laughs> in the microwave. <laughs> they got me good. I have to go look for these micro, these special microwavable sweet potatoes. <laughs> I <laughs> hope they taste yummy. <laughs> so congratulations, you wrote a book. That's not an easy, easy task. <laughs> How does that feel? Oh, it feels so wonderful. It was tough. There was a lot of tears shed. I mean, it was <laughs> the toughest thing I've ever done because it's like literally you're stripping naked. Well, not literally, but <laughs> you're feeling because you're putting your, all you're in into a book and uh, you're being very vulnerable. So, mm -hmm. but it was a great journey, great process. I learned a lot from it. Sure. So what is Her Money Matters about? So basically the book, um, like you mentioned, is called Her Money Matters and the subtitle is called The Missing Truths from Traditional Money Advice. And why I wanted to write this book was because I found myself in a spot where I felt like I knew money. I read the personal finance books. I put, implemented the advice. But then 10 years into my marriage, we, I felt stuck. There was a lot of shame because people were asking me for advice because they saw me as this, you know, financially wise person. But so I realized that there was a there were some things missing. And that's why it's, I call it the missing truth. So basically, in a nutshell, Her Money Matters focuses on mindset. It focuses on self-care. It focuses on the more holistic portion of personal finance that we don't hear a lot about. about. So I don't talk about how to budget. I don't talk about how to get out of debt. That's not the focus about the book, but it's really more for people who have done all the things that they are quote unquote supposed to do, that they follow the traditional money advice, but they're feeling stuck. And it's again, it's just about the more holistic approach mindset includes self-care. It, it, it includes some practical things that are not talked about a lot as well. And that's really in a nutshell what the book is about. I think it's great. Mindset is so critical to financial success. If you don't get your mindset aligned with your values, if you don't get your mindset straight, you're never going to be able to succeed financially because it's all, as, as you alluded earlier, most of our spending and investing and earning is based on emotion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So could the LGBT community benefit from this book? Absolutely. So granted, it's called Her Money Matters, but His Money Matters too. And basically, if a person who's looking, the reason why I wrote, called it that Her Money Matters one, my podcast is called Her Money Matters, but I wanted to have a book that was, I don't see a, enough books. Of course, 
I advocate for <laughs> for women and I didn't see an, enough books for them. So I wanted to have a book that was attractive for women. But having said that, it's really for any person that's feeling stuck with their finances and they have done everything that they feel that they ha- they the could they could up to that point and they're just feeling stuck. So that's really who is intended to be. It's got worksheets after each chapter. I even created a companion workbook because I pulled my audience and they wanted the work, you know, they wanted the worksheets. They wanted to take action after the the chapters, what they read. So that's really who it's for. Right. Yes, it is called Her Many Matters, but it's really for that person that's feeling stuck, that has, you know, read the personal finance book, that has done everything in their power and they're something the needle's not moving. Right. Yeah, that's an important analysis to take. So if you're if you're working on your finances and you just feel like you're not making progress, it's it's not you're not it's not because of you. There's just mm-hmm. a component of your strategy that's not working. So don't 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 get caught up in self-blame, don't get caught up thinking thinking that you're not worth it or that you're not smart enough or whatever, you know, argument you're giving yourself. No, it sounds I've, like this uh, book is a great opportunity to figure out how to kind of peel that onion back just a little bit deeper and figure out you know, what is it you're you're struggling with mentally that you might not yet have addressed that can help you succeed. Yeah. And if I could piggyback on that, it's important to also say, because definitely there's, there shouldn't be any guilt or blame, uh, blaming yourself because personal finance is not talked about enough. It's not taught. And what we are taught is not complete, in my opinion. And that's the reason for this book is to complete that whole circle. Granted, you know, I I don't know it all. It's based on my experience, obviously my perception, but I definitely strongly feel that because, I mean, first of all, like I mentioned, personal finance is not taught to begin with enough. And even then, it only focuses on the how-to's of, you know, how to budget, how to get Mm -hmm. out of debt, how to retire, you know, how to retire, how to do all those things, but it misses out the emotional component. And that is such a huge part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's probably the most important part because if you can't get that straight, none of the budgeting tips and tricks and none of the apps and tools are going to work for you. Right. They're not going to last. No. No, I mean, they're all helpful, but unless you have that money mindset in alignment, then you're not going to succeed <laughs> exactly in that confidence. So where can our listeners buy Her Money Matters? Just simply on Amazon. You just search for Her Money Matters on Amazon and you will find it. Thank you. And we will definitely include a link to Jen's book in our show notes. So definitely check that out if you need to. You can find that at debtfreeguys.com. And then where can our listeners learn more about Jen Hempful and Her Money Matters and how can they follow you? So they can just simply go to jenhemphill.com or you can search for my podcast. That's just Her Money Matters and you will find me. Awesome. And what does Her Money Matters focus on? Is that more for women or is it similar to the book where it's for a broader audience, just happens to have a her in front of it because you're a her? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is initially it was for women just because I I saw a need for someone to, uh, because like what you all do, you're someone from within your community, you're living, you know, you're living your life, right? Needs to be talking to that, the financial matters in ways that your community understands, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why the podcast Her Money Matters, where I wanted to take the approach of talking money in ways that women can relate, mm-hmm. right? So not dumbing it down by any means. So I want to make it that clear, not dumbing it down, but with stories, with examples, things that we women 
tend to do to make it more relatable. Absolutely. So, you know, Dave and I are obviously cis white males. We definitely feel like we can help the LGBT community with our finances. But if you're a lesbian or a transgender woman and you feel like you have you need something more uh, relatable um, from the female perspective, definitely check out both the book, Her Many Matters, and the podcast, Her Many Matters. But even if you're a man and, and you feel like you need to, to kind of dig back a little bit, maybe Jen can help you with that as well. So thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate having you. Yes, thank oh, you, Jen. I, it's been such a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed this and I appreciate you too. Thank and you. And thanks for everything that you all do for your community because it, it does matter. Absolutely. And likewise, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks again, Jen, for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're an awesome advocate and clearly someone who cares about women, the LGBT community, and many others. If you want to check out Jen's book, click on the link in the show notes. Or you can download her latest podcast, Her Money Matters, on iTunes. Just as a reminder, the show today is being brought to you by the 7-Day Debt Freedom Challenge on DebtFreeGuys.com. Go over to the website, click on the Start Here button, and join us all in the challenge. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at Queer.Money. Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it would help me if I had a personal chef made all the, all the healthy meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the other end, I like the butts. So. <laughs> From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.